on. God, I hate when that happens. Droid has landed. I'm Jeff Horwich. This is in the loop, by the way. And uh, despite that fact, I still don't think I need a smartphone. I did enjoy hearing the interviews this week with uh, tech experts. Is that a word? I'm sure it is. In which uh, they explained all the nifty things that they had done with their advanced copy droid. Uh, and then when the host asks them uh, what they choose, they go, well, yeah, I, I really still like my iPhone. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to give it some time, I guess, for droid to take over. Uh, in the meantime, we can all enjoy saying different words in the droid voice, I think. Like, uh, annoyed. Or, um, hemorrhoid. Sigmund Freud. As you can tell, we built ourselves a little, just a little bit of a makeshift uh, droid button here. Uh, Sandin, why don't you try one? Deployed. That's good. What else you got? Null and void. Cool. I was thinking... Avoid the noid. For economic news, like... Um, Unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's... Okay, that's that's enough of that. We do have kind of a techie show going on today, so that's a decent way to start things off. Santa's going to come back a little bit later and talk about... Yep what it takes to get an iPhone app rejected, sort of. Sort of. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we've been working at this for a little bit, Sandin especially, um, and we're going to interview the Twitteringest member of the Minnesota Vikings. The, the tweeting Viking. Our, our saga to interview a Vikings player. Yep. Is, <laughs> ma- is maybe going to come to an end. We will see because... Uh, it hasn't happened yet. He has to call us, and uh, I think it's fair to say, Sandin, that the... The good Lord has done what he can to prevent us from putting out a podcast this week. Well, he, he, he's definitely making it a challenge, yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we have a week where the news is dominated by uh, a big mass shooting at a military base. And yep. then the execution of a guy who perpetrated another uh, mass shooting. And the trial of a guy who uh, hijacked some planes and flew them into buildings. Yes, and that that is just across the wires as you and I are speaking right now. So it's, it's, it's a week of... Um, Challenging news, <laughs> difficult. And yeah, yeah. There's some other stuff going on, and we're gonna we're gonna be able to get into that. But it's like you know, there's there's only so much you can do. On top of that, some of those stories. Everybody we seem to try to get to interview has been busy. Um, we've had one cancellation after the next. Uh, yeah, or stuff being rescheduled. Rescheduled. It's been it's been nuts. So some as you're listening to this, Jeff and I are here on uh, the very beginning of a Friday morning, and we are. Um, Still waiting to Screwed. see what will happen <laughs> with this podcast. So hopefully, if you're hearing this, we finished it somehow. But uh, at the moment, we don't know how that's going to turn out. We will out. finish it. It's just like old times, like when we were on the radio and we had to just cram, cram, cram to get everything ready on Friday. It's been interesting otherwise, just sort of personally. Uh, of course, recently, Sandin had his car demolished by a drunk driver. Yep. It, it was parked at the time. Yep. But that's been terrible, so you've got no transportation. Your and, kid is sick now. Oh, my kid's got a fever, and uh, the dog had foot surgery the other day. It's You broke your finger. Oh, yeah. Well, not really. It's better. It's a little better. I can make a fist. Holy cow. It's been uh, crazy. But you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear, listeners, about health insurance reform. I know you do. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, it, it passed uh, passed the House, and now the Senate is where the spotlight is. And, you know, we wouldn't drag you through that because you're hearing so much about it. If we didn't have a truly charming and wonderful guest to talk with about it. Uh, we had so much fun last time we talked with her. So on the phone, I've got Molly Hooper, who covers uh, Congress for the newspaper The Hill. Molly, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Doing okay. We've had a little bit of a crazy experience getting this show together, but I have you on the phone and all is peaceful and tranquil. So let's, <laughs> so far. let's go at it. Uh, and I'm going to start out this interview kind of like your mother, I guess. Are you having fun? Are you, are you enjoying your job, Molly? Yes, I'm having so much fun. No, I am. I do enjoy my job. It's a good thing that I have some energy because right now 
you need it. <laughs> right. Well, what do the numbers look like right now uh, in the Senate? I mean, is there actually a reasonable chance that something's going to pass here? Well, you know, that's a great question. Number one, it's the Senate. So, you know, Harry Reid has to navigate some pretty tough waters in that he needs to get 60 votes. The Senate is supposed to be the quote-unquote cooling saucer, as the uh, the founding fathers arranged the whole situation. Is that what here. they say? Yeah. Okay. Oh yes. It's it's the deliberative body, right? It's, where where everybody is collegial and um, takes their time working through the the tough issues. Exactly. Huh. But see, that just makes it a little bit more difficult for the majority leader to get legislation passed. Well, you can't um, just have a vote and you know get one Republican on your side like they did in the House and uh, call it a day. No, 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 no. Because the thing is, is before you can even get to having a vote on the final bill, you have to get a vote to agree to have a vote. Cloture, they call it, right? Cloture, they call it, exactly. And there's that 60 number. Mm -hmm. And thus far, you have Joe Lieberman. He caucuses with the Democrats, even though technically now he's an independent. Yep. He's saying, I'm not going to vote for cloture if the public option is on this bill. You have other Democrats such as Ben Nelson of Nebraska, who really seized on the abortion issue that, you know, reared its, I don't know if I'd say ugly head, but, mm-hmm. you know, explosive head, so to speak. Sure. And he's saying, oh, if the Senate doesn't include the uh, abortion, the strict prohibition that was, in, you know, adopted by the House, I'm not going to vote for cloture either. So you've got at least two, two Democrats Demo- who are exactly. not sure things. Yep. Exactly. And so the thing is, is that Republicans aren't going to cross the aisle to help the Democrats get to that point. And the only one who had been considering doing so is Olympia Snow, who actually voted with the Democrats. Um, in, in committee, at, sure. In committee, right. Is she, is she the only possibility to cross over? You know, they were thinking about uh, Susan Collins, who is up in Maine, mm-hmm. Olympia Snow's um, you know, the, the other, other part of the Maine delegation. And she pretty much said, no, I'm not signing on to this. The Republicans are kind of sticking together. When you're in the majority, and this is something that the Democrats are finding out, they're really finding out now, there's a lot of different interests within your caucus. Mm-hmm. And just because you, the numbers look good on paper, that doesn't mean that you can actually get all those people in your caucus to vote for such a sweeping measure as this one is. If you're a Democrat, you've got suddenly all the other Democrats have more power than they, than they would have, in fact. Exactly. Because and they know they can derail it. Just think about it. When you're in the minority, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. We got to get back. We got to get back the majority. You know, we're we're going to stay on the same page because it's not necessarily about. I mean, it is about the issue, mm-hmm. but at, on the other hand, the fight you know is to stay together and to you know to come across as being unified. Do you find the Republicans working harder lately to craft an alternate message, something other than just we don't like what's on the table? No, because here's the here's the reason why. A lot of them don't think that there's a health care crisis. They think the jobs. That's the bigger issue. And when the Republicans came together for the economic stimulus in the beginning of the year, they had their own economic recovery package, you know, that would really boost small businesses and give some tax breaks. And this time on the health care alternative, they were a little bit more divided because some said, why do we even want to put something up? Why do we even want to put up an alternative and waste time on that when this isn't our issue? We are more focused on needing to create jobs in this country. How long have you been reporting in uh, Washington now? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Six, seven years? I imagine, you know, you brought uh, to your reporting job in Washington a certain amount of kind of, you know, Mr. Smithness um, and excitement about the place. What what does it do to you to have to cover this so closely and uh, so interminably? Let's see. I'm 31 years old. 
and I love Congress, and I've always exactly had that sort of Mr. Smithian type of view of, you know, going into the chamber and watching votes. But I, I do have to tell you, sometimes it can get to be really frustrating because you hear what people are saying, but you know that the political reality is Nancy Pelosi is either going to have the votes or she's not going to have those. You know what I mean? I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, it can get frustrating when it, it seems like it's never going to end. There's the other part of that, too, when, oh, my goodness, it ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, then you kind of go, now what? <laughs> it sounds like this could end either way, but uh, if you were putting odds on it, would you uh, bet the Senate comes out of this with nothing? They've got to come out with something. I don't see how Obama, he has a clear majority in the Senate. There's got to be a way for them to work something out. Now, mm-hmm. as to what will come out of conference, that's a whole different matter. You know, maybe it would mean going back and sort of readjusting the scope of what the bill entails, because this is a massive, massive, massive bill. At first, there was this idea that they were going out, you know, the president wanted to lower health care costs. And then there's this other idea of providing health care for all. So they're going to have to come down and at least seek kind of compromise between those two entities, and even if it means, you know, focusing on one over the other. Even if it means doing neither. Maybe we get a bill that doesn't actually accomplish anybody's goals. Well, exactly. And I guess people say, oh, hey, that's compromise. Nobody's happy. It's the right thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. But man alive, I don't know sometimes. (laughs) Hmm. That's why it's always interesting covering Congress, because there's always somebody to make a case for something, and uh, I get to listen to a lot of them all the time. Hmm. Well, Molly, keep your uh, Mr. Smith chin in the air. <laughs> and uh, it, was, uh, it was fun to talk with you again. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. That's Molly Hooper. You can find her work at thehill.com. Now, the action, slow and deliberative as it may be, has moved on to the Senate. But when all this is working its way through the House this past weekend, the man of the hour was not Nancy Pelosi. Uh, it was, for me anyway... This little-known congressman from Louisiana, Joseph Gao, whose actual first name is An. He's uh, Vietnamese-born. An Joseph Gao. He's in his first term, represents Louisiana's 2nd District, which is a part of uh, New Orleans. He replaced William Jefferson, who was a Democrat. Uh, Well, he won election to replace William Jefferson, a Democrat who was disgraced because of all the money that was found in his freezer. So anyway, uh, here's Joseph Gao. And I don't know if he expected to be out there quite so all alone, but he became the only Republican to vote in favor of the health insurance reform bill that uh, passed the House. And that is kind of remarkable because on just about anything in the House, in my experience, there are so many members that you'll find a handful of people crossing party lines uh, to vote. Well, not on this one. This was so polarizing that just one man stood alone outside his party and voted for the bill. Uh, Whether you agree with that or disagree with that, and whatever his motives may have been, they're known essentially just to him, uh, it certainly makes him a fascinating figure and naturally a great subject for this week's news tune. Kind of a uh, Western flavor. Hope you enjoy it. Who's in the limelight suddenly? Loneliest man in the GOP? Was he reckless? Was he braver to cast his vote in favor? Did he ever waver? Joe Gow. It only takes a single man. Joe Gow. Joe Gow. To make a bill bipartisan. Joe Gow. Joe 
Declined our interview request, Joe Gao. Now, here's the thing. As usual, uh, this song was wrapped up uh, a couple of days ago, and we put a video together, or I put the video together, and we put it up online. And Sandin, who's back with me now, Sandin sent this along to the office of Representative Joseph Gao. Who I'd been emailing all week trying to get an interview with. And, and they didn't even reply they didn't to reply at all, right? So I didn't even know if this was a valid email or not, but I figured, why not? I'll send it, show them there's no hard feelings. You know, we couldn't get an interview, but hey, we wrote the well, song about you. <laughs> show them there are some hard feelings and we put it into a song, actually, to be more accurate. But, but, but all in good I humor. But get this email back uh-huh. within like 20 minutes or so of sending out that video, and they're like, hilarious. We love this video. Call us Monday and we'll set something up. Hmm. So there you go. This might Is this the first time maybe that we've done a song in lieu of getting an interview with somebody and they've uh i think i think yeah i'm yeah, almost yeah. certain this is the first time this ever happened but wow. it's not a bad strategy i think uh i might have you write more songs for guests that are eluding me well we've tried it with brett Favre, and, and no luck there no um but we do have i'm working on weird al jeff so you might want to see yeah, we are in <laughs> if fact, you feel like musically asking him to be about show. weird al i don't know about that um I'll give it some thought, but uh, in the meantime, in lieu of Brett Favre, we have uh, Vikings tight end Vasanthi Shanko, who's, yeah. um, we think, uh, going to call us We're shortly. Still waiting. <laughs> we have an appointment, so uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, he's big on Twitter, and we'll talk about that and maybe some he's other stuff. He's big in real life, too. And he's just plain big. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, while we're waiting for that phone to ring, uh, well, it's it's more interesting than that, of course, isn't I mean, That's not a very strong setup, but we have Sandin Totten here, and uh, he's got some interesting stuff to share with us. We started out the show um, having a little fun with the droid media advertising onslaught. Right, the Michael Bay-inspired droid commercials. Exactly, and one of the things with, with droid, and one of the reasons that people I've heard interviewed about it say, oh, they still kind of like their iPhones instead, is because there's so many more apps for the iPhone. Right, yeah, the App Store. It's just like it's this brilliant wonderland of of uh, technological candy. But you stumbled into looking into this week this notion of uh, the fact that as many apps as there are for the iPhone, it's actually quite difficult 
right, to well, get an app approved. The app, which is, you know, everyone thinks of as the iPhone's strongest suit, might actually be like the weak chink in its armor that could be its undoing, I found out. So hmm. there was big buzz on the internet uh, about this. Uh, the this, what? The internet, okay. <laughs> capital I. It has buzz uh, about this uh, this app that had just come out this week that um, was rejected. But it, you know, it had some big backers. It had a high profile artist working on it, and it was it was rejected for you know totally kind of scandalous reasons. It was obscene, pornographic, defamatory. Those are the words Apple used Ooh. for the rejection. Check this out. So I called up the guy who made it, Ray Griggs, and I said, you know, what exactly was it your app did that just peeved these Apple folks so much? What it does is it automatically senses your latitude and longitude of your GPS coordinates and instantly will tell you within seconds who your congressman or your senator is. I hired Mad Magazine uh, artists to go in and do a character likeness of them. So like little cartoons of... uh... Exactly. Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, um, everybody that's in Congress today. And again, it's just a character likeness. It's nothing different than if you went to a amusement park and you paid $20 for someone to do a cartoon character and likeness of you. That sounds horribly offensive. I can't believe you tried to submit that idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what was I thinking? Have you seen any explanation that makes sense to you? Do you understand their point at all? Or is this um, just like no. completely like, what? Actually, I don't because I did some research myself on other apps that they've approved. Uh-huh. And you can find there's apps, for example, like a, like a wet t-shirt contest. I, I saw something on there where this girl and you, you have a water and you can hose her down. Um, then they have, you know, one where you're this turd, and, you know, and you, you actually go through this game as a piece of turd. As a developer, you pretty much have to go out on a limb, you have to spend all the money, you have to create the app, but you take this big risk. I did take that big risk because, you know, there's literally thousands of dollars developed in this application only to submit it to an email. They found it offensive uh, for whatever reason, and they have uh, rejected the application. Apple kind of screwed you on this one. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. So maybe Sandin, if he had asked his Mad Magazine artist to render our congressmen and senators as turds, <laughs> he might have gotten it through the uh, powers that be well, at it, uh, Apple. It possibly. Well, it seems that Apple's really sensitive about political things. So, you know, when they said it was obscene and pornographic and defamatory, they're probably meaning more defamatory, and, and they just really don't like to... They don't like to get in politics. They've they've rejected a bunch of apps before, uh, ones that had to do, you know, there was a clock that counted down the days until the Bush administration was over. And they said, you know, this is going to tick off like half our audience. So we're going to reject that. Hmm. And they reject ones for good reasons, too. Like there was an app that uh, just showed pictures of babies and the babies would cry and you shook your phone and then the babies would get these X's over their eyes and they'd stop <laughs> crying. That's disgusting. I know. Right. That shouldn't even exist. And uh, there was another what? one that they 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 canceled that was uh, the I'm Rich app and this one was just a red diamond that would appear on your screen but it cost $999 to purchase um, I think they sold like eight of them or something. And then the Apple. I'm I'm rich app. It, that's it. It's Conspi- just all right. The ultimate in conspicuous consumption for your iPhone for your app. phone. Yeah, for your phone. But they also reject a lot of good ones too. Like there was this reader called Eucalyptus that had all these books for free on it, and uh, iPhone rejected it at first because uh, it contained the Karma Sutra, and you know that's a Karma Sutra. I think is Karma Sutra. Sorry, yes, Karma Chameleon Karma <laughs> Sutra. That's that's all right. Continue. It was rejected. Eventually, <laughs> Apple rescinded on that, but it just people started wondering. You know what? what is their process here? What Do they even know what, why they're rejecting things? You know, uh-huh. And there was a, a Google Map application called Latitude that was uh, rejected because people thought there'd be too much confusion with other maps. Um, there was even a South Park app that was rejected, even though iTunes sells South Park episodes in its store. So people just started you know, questioning, did they have any standards here that um, are consistent about why they're accepting certain apps and rejecting other apps? 
you know, it, it was incredibly mysterious. It was frustrating to developers. So I called up Jason Snell. He's uh, the editor of Macworld. They cover all sorts of Mac-related things. And I asked him, you know, why is Apple being so mysterious with its app approval process? Apple is mysterious in everything it does. <laughs> Apple likes to be a black box from which a magical products emanate, and they don't like people to know about anything that they're doing internally. It, it works for them when it comes to developing new products that everybody wants to see. But in the case of app approvals, I think it is doing more damage than help for them. So Jason says the reason that they keep such tight rein on you know what programs become applications is so that they have consistent quality, you know, so that you don't go to the store and get buggy applications or offensive applications. But it could backfire on them, he says, if uh, developers get frustrated and start programming for Droid instead. For me, the moment where I think Apple probably should have taken notice of what happened here was when the Droid ad came out, the I don't ad, and one of the items in there was I don't allow you know open software development. That's the first time I've actually seen somebody take a shot at Apple's approval process, which is obviously what that was. And they're trying to make that a consumer case that the iPhone is a bad experience because Apple basically doesn't want to let you do what you want with your phone. You know, if that continues to go, that could be a powerful message. So Apple will have to counter it. So short of opening up completely, what kind of thing would Apple do? Well, they could uh, like open up a side catalog, sort of, you know, an unofficial app store where people could just go and, uh, you know, at their own risk, take on uh, offensive or buggy apps or, or just really out there apps. God forbid caricatures of uh, <laughs> political figures. Don't, don't even say that. That's uh, disgusting, Jeff. I'm sorry. I, did I, we'll have to bleep that yeah. in production. But, um, you know, they haven't done that. So there's moves that Apple could make if they wanted to to, uh, you know, alleviate some of the stress. So the other thing they could do is just publish really clear guidelines on what'll get your app rejected. And then developers would suddenly, you know, program with ease, knowing whether or not they're wasting their money like uh, our poor friend uh, Ray did or whether they're, you know, going to get approved. Hey, Santa, thanks a lot. Yep. And, uh, you know, Santa, it's it's time for that that moment we've worked so hard for. Um, it's our new segment. And uh, here's what we're going to call it. Interview with a Viking. Okay, so if you follow us on Facebook, uh, and I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, you know the story. We put in an interview request. Sandin called up the Minnesota Vikings and said, uh, we are a podcast with hundreds, maybe even thousands of listeners. And uh, we have written a little song about the guy even. So could we please interview Brett Favre? And the Vikings uh, very politely said, get real. Uh, but if you would like to interview another member of the Minnesota Vikings, we would do our best to oblige. So we thought about it, and we put a little call out on Facebook, asked for nominations, and then we uh, also did some some voting over the past week or so and wound up with a couple of finalists. And I should first apologize to some of you who lobbied very strongly for us to interview one of the kickers, either Ryan Longwell, uh, the uh, place kicker, or Chris Cluey, the punter. Uh, they did not fare very well in the voting. We did have two finalists, and uh, we had to make a call between them. What caught our attention was that one of these two guys, uh, tight end Vasanthi Shanko, is big on Twitter. He's the biggest Twitterer on the Viking squad. And uh, he's also doing some streaming video and stuff at, at Ustream. And we thought, okay, there's a hook. There's something we can talk to a football player about other than football. Because football's cool, but between you and me, I much prefer watching it to talking about it. Uh, so we made the request. We... Um, we waited and uh, waited a little more, and uh, we've in fact waited even through the production of our podcast today, and the good news is that at long last, 
Vasante Shanko, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, I believe, is on the phone here. Vasante, are you there? Hello. Hey, Vasante, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks very much for taking a little bit of time for our show here. Uh, no problem. Uh, you're just uh, you're just finishing working out, is that right? Uh-huh. Now, you guys are playing the Lions this weekend. Do you, do you actually even need to really work out before you play the Lions? Yeah, 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 we do. <laughs> yes, we do, because... You know, it's the NFL. That's right. Just teasing them. It's not. Is it? Is it not nice to make fun of the Lions? Uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. You know. You know, we asked our uh, our listeners who we should interview on the Vikings, and mm-hmm. uh, setting aside Brett Favre, because everybody wants to talk to Brett, right? Um, and right. nobody nobody gets to talk to Brett. But uh, so we asked our listeners, and it was between you and Jared Allen, and we decided. You know, Jared, you know, like Jared's not on Twitter. Well, we weren't initially thinking just about the Twitter thing, but that is what sealed the deal. We thought, okay. Uh, Shank is out there. He's on Twitter. He's on Ustream. He's he's speaking our language, so he's the guy we want to talk with. Oh man, let me ask you about your your Twitter routine. I guess what's what's it like? How much are you on it every day? Uh, it all depends. You know, it varies, man. From you know, from week to week. It all depends on how I feel. Like you know, I could be on there sometimes all all day uh, to none a day. And what's the point of it for you? I mean, what what's in it for you being on Twitter? Interact with the fans. Interact with people that you know. Uh, it's another way of uh, basically having somebody listen to you. You know, your fans get to know you one on one. You know, like you know, they get to know you personally mm-hmm. as a person instead of a football player. Do you find that that has any kind of effect on your game, or is it really just something that happens off to the side? Uh, it's a little bit of both. You know, something happens on the side at the same time. But when you know, when you're in the game, uh, the crowd seems a little different to you now because you know. Um, it feels like you know some of them personally or like they know you personally. So, uh, you know, it's a little closer with your uh, fan base, with the Vikings fans. I imagine you know what happened to uh, Larry Johnson, right, the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what exactly happened again? Like, exactly? Well, I, I don't – of course, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly. But he uh, he tweeted some stuff, uh, I think got into it with a fan a little bit and some stuff that the organization didn't like. And so they cast him out, right? So now he's looking for a new team. Um, yeah, I know. What do you say to the fans? Close my F. Um, I think word. my producer recalls the details here. What did he say? Oh yeah, he did. He called a fan that uh, that delightful F word for gay. I guess <laughs> <laughs> not. I guess not a, good, not a good idea. Uh, do you have sort of self-imposed rules for yourself for what you uh, say and do on Twitter? You no, know, you gotta watch what you say. I mean, cause you know, I mean, like a lot of people follow me, you know, and like anybody, any followers can be anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to really watch what you say. You have to make sure you don't offend people. I don't like to come off as as, as arrogant or cocky. So you just gotta watch, uh, you know, watch the tone a little bit. Have you gotten into any kind of trouble uh, with with your team or anybody else uh, with anything that you put on Twitter? No, no, I haven't gotten no trouble. But you know, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of pub for some things that I put on Twitter. Give Give me an example. Like um. It was said that I, I tweeted in the meeting. Tweeted from within the team meeting, and that that would be a that would be a no no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they say that I tweeted in the meeting. Well, you know that was the word. Uh-huh. That's, you know, that wasn't the case. Yeah. And um, you know, I put um, put put you know a couple pictures out there, and you know, like I do like like a lot of twit pics as well. Yeah, I noticed that. What you what you put up the other day? Something a picture of uh, uh, what? How much saturated fat was in a. In a honey, honey bun. A honey yeah, bun. Well, well, yeah, but not a honey bun, but that specific honey bun. Uh huh. Yeah. You seen that? Were you actually eating that? I did see it. Hell no. I, I, I bought it just for that. <laughs> just, 
Just you're so ridiculous. You don't you don't put that kind yeah, of man, junk in your Yeah, that was ridiculous. So like you know that was 102 percent of your saturated fat for the day for one honey bun. It, it's an interesting um, look, sort of inside your your life, because you you share pictures of the the food you're eating and stuff like that. If you go out, yeah, you food have to eat I'm eating, restaurant. um, you know, uh, you know my cow little moo moo. You have a you have a cow at your house? Yeah, I have a cow, and I took it from the uh, state fair. Really? So I bought it. Yeah. You what? Well, I didn't know you could buy cows at the state fair. You, yeah, I guess I took it from the state fair. I took it. Well, wait, where's your where's your house? You have like a mansion in Minnetonka or something like that? No, I have no mansion, man. Okay. I mean, I, I mean I, nice size house, but nowhere near a mansion. Well, it's big enough for a cow. Yeah, I man. Outside, man. Time up outside, man. Yeah. Okay. okay. What do you do? You milk the cow? No, man. No, it's, you know he's family. Oh, he's family. He's just, he's family now. It's yeah, a, he's it, family. I, I want to ask a little more about it. Was it was that just kind of on a whim? You just sort of saw, saw a cow you liked and. Took her home yeah, with man, like, like, you know, I picked out that cow, man. You know, we went to the cow area, and I seen the cow I liked, and I asked to walk it, you know. And he was like, oh, you know, she's a nice cow, and uh, uh, so we walked it a little bit, you know, around the state fair. What, what's your cow's name? Little Moo Moo. Little Moo Moo. Okay, you said that before. No, Lil, Lil. You know, we like to say Lil, you know, L-I-L. Uh-huh, Lil Moo Moo. L-I-T-T-L-E. That, that cow's living it up. Yeah, he's living it up. Uh, only eats the finest oats and, um, you know, uh, grains, you know. I I would imagine so. No honey buns for the cow. <laughs> no honey buns. No honey buns for a little moo moo. No. Uh, well, before I let you go, and while we're talking uh, technology here, um, when I did a, a search for, it, I was looking to see some other interviews that you'd done recently or anything like that. So I searched YouTube, and of course, the first YouTube hit I get is not an interview. Oh yeah. Is it? All right. It's um, it's a, a an unfortunate moment, or maybe it's fortunate. I don't know. The lady <laughs> the ladies seem to like it. You have you have your towel down <laughs> while the camera's on in the locker room. Well, you know, not not purposely. You know? No, no, you seem quite surprised when you notice that that uh, the camera's rolling. How's that been for you? How has that been? Living for you? living that moment. Well, down. I mean, you know, you know, that's probably um probably the first or second thing uh, people that just meet me bring up. But you know, just like I said, at least I didn't get out the you know swimming pool. You know, that's true. Yeah, well, and it's not you know you, you represented myself pretty well. You yeah, know? you sort of discreetly cover yourself up. It's not like you start you realize and you start dancing around in front yeah, of uh, Ziggy yeah, Wolf. Yeah, you know, I discreetly covered myself up, but you know, it was a shock though. You know, because I didn't know the camera was gonna be on. I seen the camera on. I put on the towel real quick, but I guess it was too late because you know with this uh, Tebow stuff um, around now. Yep. People people pausing and putting it on the damn internet. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's technology for you. Well, uh, the Vikes are having a great season, so you're quickly becoming known for something quite a bit more than that. And uh, it's been uh, fun to talk with you today. Thanks very much. All right, buddy. Visante Shanko, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Watch him in action this Sunday against the fearsome Detroit Lions. And if you want to track him on Twitter, he's at twitter.com slash vshanko. And let me also just say that, um, well, of course it's no fun uh, to kind of sit here and, and bite our nails uh, wondering if the phone's going to ring and, and you're going to get that interview that you need for your podcast. Uh, we're grateful to Vikings. We certainly understand that uh, making an interview happen during the season like this, and especially on a Friday before the weekend, uh, is not easily done. So thanks to them and thanks to uh, Visante. Now, before we end, I've got this little dangling piece of content, uh, and I'm going to use it to put a nice little button on the end of the episode because it's always uh, pleasing when we have some little unsolicited tidbit roll into our email or our in-the-loop voicemail. And in this case, it is a compact little poem from a listener that uh, pretty much just sums up our present economic situation. Hi. I'm Maureen Kane Berg from Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
I have a short poem called Recedes the Recession. The economist profession sees an end to the recession, but there won't be much enjoyment without secure employment. Yeah, that's it. If you've got a poem or something else that you want to share with us, the more newsy the better. Feel free to send us a note through our website, inthelooshow.net, or uh, drop it on Facebook if you like. Loopfacebook.net is what that is. Or leave it on our voicemail line, which is 651-228-4886. Easy to remember because, a little internet widget told me, it is uh, also 651-CATGUT6. You don't even need to write it down. Call us anytime. And here's one other thing. Um, we're looking for stories, and we just started looking for them, from you about online dating. Uh, and in particular, we're looking for, you know, funny, crazy, uh, ridiculous, uh, disastrous stories about online dating. And this is sparked because somebody sent us a story about online dating gone wrong, and we thought, you know, why don't we collect a bunch of these and see uh, what we can make of it? So if you've got one, get in touch. And we'll be sending out an email to our list and uh, maybe posting on Facebook about this next week. But uh, anyway, if you hear me now and you've got that online dating horror story to share with us, let her rip. In the Loop is produced by Sandon Totten and me. We're getting some help lately from Anna Wagle, which is awesome. I'm Jeff Horwich, and uh, let's see. I guess I will...